Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Psalm chapter 1 says, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked. That word happy is blessed. So, how blessed is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction in God's Word. His delight is there. And he meditates on this Word day and night. Now right here we see Two, two directions, two people. If you go back up to Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, uh, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway of sinners, or sit in the company of the mockers. He delights in the Lord's instruction. Or this is the first, I'm getting ahead of myself, this is the first person type of person. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instructions, and he meditates on it day and night. Let's keep on going. It says, he's like a tree. And that's important. He's like a tree planted beside flowing streams. Who is? One who meditates on the Lord. One who doesn't sit in the, in, uh, doesn't uh, stand in the way of, of the unrighteous and, and sit. Uh, who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. He's like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Here's the second type of person, though. But the wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff. When you begin to separate the wheat from the rest of the, the stalk and whatever blows away, that's the chaff. It's no good. He says the wicked are like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. You can't stand. It says the wicked cannot stand in the judgment. And I would not want to go to judgment, stand before God as a sinner. And he said, they won't watch your works, your goodness, your righteousness will not stand up in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. The way of the wicked leads to ruin. Uh, Luke chapter 6, we read it uh, last week. Uh, in the, the chapter 6, verse 49, it says, The ruin of that house was Great. You remember that? That's talking about that. Talks about uh, the, the, uh, Jesus was talking about the one who comes to him is like one who builds on the rock. And when the storm comes, the house will stand. But the one who does not come to Jesus, the wicked, they build on the dirt, on the sand. And when the storm comes, the storm will knock over the house and the ruin of that house will be great. And this is here what the writer here is saying in chapter 1, the first psalm. He's saying, listen, there are two types of people here. You thought there were a lot of different types of people, but there are only two types of people. And if we would get back to that, if we would understand that, the issue is not political, the issue is spiritual. There are two problem, two types of people here, and there is one problem, and the problem is sin. And it leads to greed, sin. Leads to deception, sin. Leads to wickedness, sin. That's the problem, church. Sin, And until we get some preachers and some people who love God and will stand up and say, that's the issue, that's the problem, and if the wicked keep on walking the way they're walking, the ruin is going to be great. The destruction will be great. He said, but the righteous are like a tree planted by the water. But the wicked... 
the wicked, they're like the chaff that just blows away. Maybe today you're thinking, well, if I'm honest with myself, I'm the second person. I'm this person who does walk in the advice of the wicked. I'm one of those who does stand in the pathway of sinners. I sit in the company of mockers. Pastor, you're reading this and I feel like there is no hope for me. I feel like, Pastor, you're, 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 thanks for telling the truth, but you're not leaving me with much hope. Job chapter 14, verse 7 says, but there is hope for a tree. Maybe you're not the tree planted beside the water. Maybe you're an old dried up dead tree where the water is not touching you. Where the water is not running toward you. You do remember we talked about that he is like a tree, right? Verse 3, planted beside flowing streams. Maybe you're not like that tree. Maybe you're old dried up. Dead tree, old rotten tree, there's still hope for a tree. There is hope for a tree. If it's cut down, it will sprout again. And its shoots will not die. If its roots grow old in the ground and its stump starts to die in the soil, the scent of water. Just the, are y'all listening to me? Just the scent of water. Yeah. Just a, you know, here in South Georgia, you can smell it before it rains in the summer. You, you don't have to ask the weatherman. You can walk outside and go, it's fixing to rain. I can smell it. And here, the writer tells us that there's hope for a tree. What is the hope for the tree? Water. But Jesus is so amazing. Oh, by the way, what is this water we're talking about? What is this water we're talking about? I guess we really need to talk about that first. What is this water that we're talking about? Well, let me take you. Let me take you to... Uh, uh, Luke, or John chapter 7, verse 37. I, I, I didn't give you this verse, so they're not going to put it up there. But it says this, Jesus stands before the people and he says, If any man thirsts, yes. if there's anybody thirsty out there, let him come unto me and drink. Sounds like Jesus is water. Huh? How about this? How about when the woman is, is, comes to the well during the noonday sun and she comes to the well and no, she's, she goes at noon because she's hoping not to see anybody because her past is, is, is full of mistakes and full of sin and full of heartache and people look down on her and think, you know, I can't believe you know, she would do what she's doing and they just look down on her. She didn't have any children. She didn't have nobody and the person she was living with She'd been divorced five times and the person that she was living with was not even her husband. So the women and, uh, would look down on her and the men would look down on her. So she would go by herself to get water. This daily chore, she would do it by herself. But she didn't know this day that she was going to run into a man named Jesus. And Jesus seen her. She's got her well. She's tired. Dirt's all over her face. And Jesus looks at her and says, hey, hey, would you give me something to drink? She said, why are you talking to me? I I, I come here at noon to get away from everybody and I wish you would just leave me alone. You ain't got no right talking to me. Don't you know who I am? I'm a Samaritan. We don't talk to each other. You're a Jew. And Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God that was standing before you, you would ask me of water and I would give you water that would cause you to never thirst again. And just the sin of this water. I'm preaching. Just the scent 
of this water will cause whatever is dead to live again. But I like what it says. It didn't say just survive. It didn't say just live. But it says right here, uh, it says, and the scent of water makes it thrive. Look at me and smile. It'll make it thrive. I just want to take this moment right now to prophesy. I don't know who in your family you're believing God for, but it seems like it's getting worse and worse. It seems like they're getting more dead and more dead and further away from God. Can I tell you just the scent of water will make them thrive? Wife, you may be praying for your husband, just the scent of water. I don't care what it looks like. Mama, Daddy, you might be praying for your children. Can I tell you just the scent of water? You think, well, it's got to be something major. And you're thinking in your mind, if I can get them to talk to them and if I can get him to go there no if they just get a sniff if they just get a scent of this water God can change their lives hallelujah hallelujah just the scent of water that's how bad God is that's how bad he is that's how amazing he is. That's how awesome he is. You think, well, I don't know. You know, I don't know about them. What about you? What about the mess you were in? What about the situation you were in? What about the drugs you were addicted to? How about the wickedness you were a part of? Just the scent of, you didn't have, hey, 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 he didn't say, well, if you go to church this many times or if you pray this many prayers, no, just the scent of water. You was in a service like this and a scent came by. The scent came by. The smell came by. The Spirit of God came by. And it brushed up. It brushed up against you. Come on, somebody. It, 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 before you could reach out and touch it, it reached out and touched you. Before you could feel it, you smelled it. It came. And before you knew it, you came to a place where, God, I need you. God, I need you now. God, I need you now. You came to that place, just the scent of water. Kind of like the woman who said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. You just have to follow me now with those scriptures. I'll help you out. Mark chapter 5. There's a woman with an issue of blood. Gee. The writer of Job says, just the scent of water. This woman got up that day and said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. That's how bad he is. Bad in a good way. Bad and in a good way. You get what I'm saying? That's how awesome he is. She woke up and said, I think he's coming by this way today. And if I can just touch the hem of his God, just the scent of what I ain't got to touch him. I ain't got to have a prayer meeting with him. I don't have to have him come to my house. If I can just touch the hem that's touching him, I believe something will touch me and I'll never be the same. This woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. The Bible says she spent all the money that she had, everything that she had, yet grew worse. Endured much under many doctors. She spent everything she had and, 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 and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Next verse. And when he entered, that's fine. Uh, that's a different verse. That's okay. She found that Jesus was coming. She heard him. She said, I got to do something. And the Bible says she broke out through the crowd. Oh, there was a crowd around him because at this time Jesus had already begun to perform miracles. And people were attracted to him. They wanted to be around him. People who didn't like him, people who did like him. They just wanted to see what the next thing he was doing. And this woman, now you've got to understand something about this woman. Not only was she had a, having a sickness, but she was ceremonially unclean. This woman for 12 years couldn't go to the synagogue. She wasn't allowed to go to church. Ain't that funny? How she would have done anything she could have done to get to church, and we're thinking of trying to figure out every excuse why we can stay home. Maybe our issue ain't got bad enough yet. Maybe our issue hadn't got bad enough yet. How about this? The very place she needed to go she wasn't allowed to go. Oh, 
Pastor, what kind of demographic? Let me tell you the foolishness I get to hear. What kind of demographic are you trying to reach? Um, the ones that have a pulse. What do you mean what kind of demographic am I trying to reach? I'm trying to reach the lost. That'd be a good start. And I, I'd encourage you to do the same. I'm trying to reach the broken, the hurting, the lost. Somebody who has a pulse because if they got pulse, there is a hope. There is hope. There is hope for a tree. And she broke through the crowd. She said, church, won't, they won't let me go to church. The doctors can't do anything for me. This is my last option. And she breaks through the crowd. She falls onto her knees and she touches the hem of his garment. And Jesus stops everything. He said, wait just a minute. Somebody touch me. The disciples said, what do you mean somebody touched you? There's, there's hundreds of people around you. She said, no, somebody touched me. And I'm talking about they really touched me. Because they touched, when they touched me, I felt virtue power come out of me and he turned around and here's that woman and the bible says she told him the whole truth i want to tell you something when this scent comes around today don't hold nothing back from me telling the whole if you want to be made whole tell him the whole truth if you want to really be healed, tell him the, are y'all with me? Tell him the whole truth. He already knows it, and he still lets you touch him. He already knows it, and he still wanted you. So go ahead and tell him the whole truth. Amen? This woman just touched the hem of his garment, just the scent of water will make a tree come to life, thrive. Oh, don't you know this woman had a, a shout? Don't you know this woman had a story? Don't you know she busted through the synagogue? <laughs> Twelve years, she ain't been to put, they, they done took her name off the roll because she couldn't go to church. They done said, well, she ain't a member no more or whatever. Don't you know she kicks the, I would have, kicked the doors wide open. Don't you know the connectors and the ushers tried to stop her at the door? The security said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We got your picture on the wall. Pastor said, you're one of those crazy people that message him all the time. Weird stuff. You're not supposed to come in here. You're unclean. She said, get out of my way. You didn't hear it, did you? You didn't just hear what was going on out here, did you? Uh-uh, let me tell you about it. Get off of me. I've been locked up in my house for 12 years. I, I wanted to come here. Y'all wouldn't let me come here. But I got what I couldn't get here right outside. And I'm telling you, just the sin of water. I don't need a worship team. I don't need a preacher. I just need the touch of the Holy Spirit. I just need the hem of his garment. Just the sin of water. Well, it's kind of like the centurion said to Jesus. He had a servant. Uh, next scripture, Dion, right here, Matthew uh, chapter 8, verse 5. A centurion, a Roman centurion, had a, had a uh, servant who was sick, not just sick, really sick, paralyzed in extreme agony. Lord, my servant is lying here at home, paralyzed, and he's in terrible agony. You know, I think maybe I, uh, I can remember a friend of mine who I got a call. He said, I don't know if it was his wife who called me, but they said, please come to the emergency room. I said, why? She said, she said, Bill is in terrible pain. He can't walk. They've had to carry him from the railroad 
to the hospital. He was crying when he got there, and this was a man, and he was a man's man, you know. And he was crying, and he was, couldn't move. In extreme agony. He had had, uh, what do you call it, ruptured disc just from twisting. And he, he was in terrible pain. <clears throat> I kind of think maybe that's what this was. Something that just hit this man all of a sudden. And he's paralyzed and he's in extreme agony. There were no men who could do surgery and fix this issue. And the centurion said to the Lord, he said, I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. But just say the word, just a sin. <laughs> Maybe this centurion had already heard about the woman with the issue of blood. <laughs> and he thought, well, you know, I know he probably don't want to come into my house, but if that woman who was unclean just touched the hem of his garment, maybe if he just spoke the word. Just the scent. Are y'all with me this morning? Just the scent of water will make a dead thing thrive. He said, to the, he said, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, go as you have believed. Let it be done for you. He would say in, in one account, I have never seen such faith in Israel. The centurion said, just speak the word. When the centurion got home, this old crippled, paralyzed, when he left, he was crying. His servants out there cooking supper. Hey, where you been? You wouldn't believe what happened. I was laying in bed. And you know when you left, I couldn't even walk. And all of a sudden, I felt like strength came back into my legs. And I started thinking, wait a minute. All the pain is gone. When's the last time I had a Tylenol? When's the last time I had an ibuprofen? And the, he just, he said, you wouldn't believe it. I just got up. I started bending. He, I started moving up and down, and I don't know what has happened. You're going to think I'm lying, and I just didn't want to work the other day, but I'm telling you, something happened, and the centurion said, oh, you ain't got to tell me. What time was it? What time did you feel the healing happen in your body? Oh, that's about the same time I asked the Lord to speak the word into your life. Just a word. Are you all okay? Are you all right? Can you give the Lord some praise today if you believe what I'm talking about? Just a word. Just a sin of water. Oh, you could ask the woman in the interview or she'd say, just touch the hem of his garment. You could talk to the centurion. He'd say, all you need is him to speak just a word. That takes me to the blind beggar. The blind beggar found in Luke chapter 18. And Jesus has come into Jericho. And there are people around him. And a crowd is following him. And there was a man, the blind man, sitting by the road begging. Now, he would do this every day. We're not told how long he'd been blind. But I believe he'd been blind at least for a while. Maybe even blind from birth. And he made a plan. I know I can't get to Jesus. But when Jesus comes close to me, I'm going to pitch a fit. 
one day he's laying, begging for money, and he hears the roar of a crowd. And he asks somebody, he says, what's that? Hey, hey, what's that noise? Somebody said, what'd you say, blind beggar? He said, what's that? What's that noise? I hear a noise. You know, when you lose one of your senses, your other senses try to make up for that. <laughs> and maybe he could hear something the others couldn't hear. That's a whole nother sermon. But I'm making a mental note of it right now. He said, what'd you say, blind beggar? I said, what's that noise? Don't you hear that noise? They said, oh, yeah, 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 don't worry about it. They ain't, ain't going to be nothing for you. That's Jesus coming through. Are you, are you, excuse me, did you say Jesus? Yes, Jesus. Now, just be quiet. You said Jesus is coming through? Yeah, that's the noise. You know he's been healing people and doing miracles. Everybody's talking about Jesus, and he's got a bunch of followers following him. You're talking about Jesus of Nazareth? Yes, Jesus, yes. Of Na I don't even know why they're following him. Nothing good comes from Nazareth. You say he's coming this way? Yeah, he's coming. Then the crowd started getting louder. Blind Bartimaeus thought, this is my moment. This is my moment. Now, he couldn't get up. He couldn't do anything for himself. He was blind, but he wasn't mute. And he wasn't deaf. And the Bible says he started making pitching a fit, but a, a, a praising fit. He started raising praise. He said, Jesus! Everybody looked at this mild, lowly beggar and said, hush. Jesus didn't come to, for you. Jesus! Thou son of David, have mercy. Lord, if you can do it for... Maybe he heard about the woman. Maybe he had heard. He had good hearing, remember? Maybe he heard about the centurion's servant. Maybe he had heard about the miracle of, of the loaves and the fish. Maybe he had heard about this thing. Maybe he had heard about the man at the pool of Bethesda who could have been like he had been for 38 years and he couldn't get himself in the water but just the scent of water. He didn't have to get in the water. He just had to talk to the water and he raised him up off his mat. Maybe he thought if he can do it for the, if he can do it for the man who's been like that for 38 years, if he can heal the woman with an issue of blood, if he can heal the centurion servant with just a word, maybe if I can get his attention, he'll do something for me. Maybe if I can get his Jesus, thou son of David. They looked at him and said, now that's enough. Shut up. But the Bible says he got even louder. Jesus, thou son, just a scent. Just a scent. He, just, he heard it from a distance. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Here comes Jesus, and the beggar's just a hollering. And Jesus looks over there towards him. And he says, hold on, stop, 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 stop. Bring him to me. Bring him to me. See, you're always going to look at me with that face.
if you don't re realize you were the blind beggar. Come on now, say it. You're always going to come in here all sold up and never have any praise on your heart and in your mouth. You'll look at them like it's a show. You'll wonder why she was on her knees crying today during the worship. You'll think, oh my gosh, is it that kind of church? It is that kind of church. What kind of church did you think we were? Until you can see yourself as the woman with an issue of blood. Until you can see yourself as the woman as the woman at the well. Until you can see yourself as the blind beggar. Until you can see yourself as the paralyzed man laying on the bed with no help. No, no way you can help yourself. He said, bring him. Bring him here. Bring him to me. The very ones that was telling him to shut up were saying, oh, hey, Jesus wants to talk to you. Before I went to Jesus, I'd have, I'd have said, well, don't worry about what I said. This is why I preach the Bible. I'm not in the Bible. Amen? <clears throat> he looked at him and said, hold my coat. And he walked over there, that's, he walked over there to Jesus. Feel his way. And Jesus said, what do you want? What do, you, what do you want? Beggars can be choosers. What do you want? He said, I want to see. And Jesus said, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. The woman just touched the hem of his garment. The centurion said, if you'll just speak the word. And this blind beggar who had nothing had just a little bit of faith. There's hope for a tree. I want you to look at me today. If you don't have, if, if, if you have never given your life to Christ, destruction is definite. If you keep walking the way you're walking, ignoring the fact that you are blind, ignoring the fact that you are spiritually paralyzed, ignoring the fact that you have an issue that man cannot help you with, you think it's bad now? It will only get worse. But there is hope for a tree. I said there is hope for a tree. I love what it says in the last part of that scripture. It says, for the scent of water makes it thrive and produce twigs like a sapling. This morning, the title of my message is just that. There is hope for a tree. There's hope for a tree. There's hope for you. I don't care how rotten the roots may seem. I don't, I don't care how weak the branches may seem. How dry it may seem. There's hope today. How do I know there's hope for, for a lost person today? Because there was hope for me. I stood up in CR Thursday. It was a new, they were about to start over. So it was a greet and meet or an eat. And they asked if I would speak at the end. CR is a place for people with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Most of the people are in there for there because of drug addiction. Not all of them, but many. If somebody was to come by there, they'd probably look at that group and say, that's a bunch of misfits. 
own family members would probably say, you can't believe nothing they say or that one says. They would be the people who you would say they have burnt all their bridges. You may even say there's no hope for them. So I wanted to stand there and let them know that no matter what their family said about them, no matter what they, people think about them, there's hope for you. There's hope for you. Now, as I was talking to them, I can't remember what text I was using. I felt the Spirit of the Lord just enter into the room. And I watched people as tears began to roll down their eyes. See, for some of them, they were hearing hope for the first time. They were hearing hope for the first time. And if, if that's what I get labeled as, somebody who will give you a little bit of hope, tell you that it ain't over, tell you that if you just place your faith in Jesus, if that's what I'm guilty of, if I don't ever get to talk to the president, but I get to talk to people that everybody just pass up, I'll be okay with that. If, 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 my, if my life is hanging around in a ditch, talking to people down in the ditch, then I'll stay down in the ditch as long as I'm doing what God's called me to do, as long as I see people getting up and getting out. If I never had the church downtown. I want to be a church full of the presence of God and I want to reach people and bring them out and say listen God is your hope and there's hope for you and it's in Christ Jesus. Well what do I have to do? Just have a little faith. Just have a little faith. See the, hope, the reason we've got hope the reason there's hope for a tree is because of what Jesus Christ done on the tree. See, that is the ultimate turnaround story. You would look at Jesus hanging up on that tree as you passed the hill of Golgotha that day and you looked over to your right. You would see what looked to be a hopeless situation. You see, my Lord, I wonder what that man done. He stripped naked. You'd hide the eyes of your children. I wonder what they done. You have two thieves and then you got Jesus right in the middle. What a waste. Hmm. What a wasted life as Jesus is hanging, suspended between heaven and earth, hanging on a cross with nails in his feet and his hands. Oh, what, what a waste. No. Mm -mm. That cross would be what man would look at and say is defeat. Mm-mm. It became my greatest victory. It'd be easy to look at that cross and say there's no hope, no reason. What a waste. To those who are perishing, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. It looks hopeless, but hope was birthed. Out of that man hanging on a tree. There's hope for you and me because on that cross, Jesus bore all of our sins. You know what the what when that word all translated, transliterated from the Greek means? All. It means all. Well, and it means for every body. Huh? It's for, it's all sin for every body. And 
And when we place our faith in Jesus Christ and what He has done. Right now you say, I don't know if I can quit doing some of the things I'm doing. Right now you can't. See, you're trying to fix, it's just the sin of water. You're trying to see how much it's going to rain. You're trying to figure it all out. But it's just the sin. It's just me walking outside, opening the door and saying, hey, it's about to rain. It's just getting the fringe of this. Just having, not understanding at all. But just believing enough that this Jesus that I'm talking about came into your hopeless situation to give you hope, to forgive you of all your sins, to erase your past, to put a life inside of you that you have never had, a life worth living, and all you've got to do is believe Him. But what about this situation and this situation? Just put your faith in Christ, and He'll make a new person out of you, out of the dead the deadness out of the old stump, a sapling will grow. That's what it said. No matter how dead the stump looks, no matter how rotten the roots seem, God can make life spring up out of you. There is hope for the tree. The other day, it wasn't the other day, it was two years ago, which was just the other day. <laughs> 600 and something other days ago, but it was the other day. I walked out here and the plants had died out here in the, the thing, in the two pots. They were, by the way, you have to water plants. <laughs> but anyway, the plants had died. And so we had just pulled them up. I said, I, can't, I don't want to look at dead. And so we pulled them up. I didn't expect anything to grow out of there. We pulled everything up. I came back later on, a couple days later, and a flower had busted out the side of the pot. The prettiest flower you'd ever seen just sticking out. Oh, boy. I walked out there, walking to my truck, and I seen it. I started shouting. I praised the Lord. I looked at this little flower, and I looked at it. I said, look at you, you little flower. You pretty little nothing-and-stop-you flower. You broke right through that pot, didn't you? I started preaching to it. I said, that's right, you did. They couldn't nothing stop you. You know why? Because Jesus and you, you little flower. Hallelujah. You little sapling. Hallelujah. I got in my truck. I said, they can't nothing stop you. You're stronger than a little flower. You're stronger than a little flower. They, they if they box you in, they can't keep you boxed in. If sin's trying to hold you, it can't hold you. I don't care how dead it looks. You can come out. I said, you can come out. There is life. There is hope for you. There is hope for a tree. And it's found in Jesus Christ. Musicians, singers, come. Stand on your feet. All right. I want you to look at me real good. I know the musicians and the singers are making their way up here. That can be a little distracting. But I want you to listen to what I'm saying. If you walked in here and you feel like your situation is hopeless, hear me. All you need is a touch it's just the scent of water. Is there hope for me? There's hope for you. Absolutely. And his name is Jesus. I had a, 
I got out of new, when New Believers was over. By the way, if you wonder if your church is growing, you had 30 people at New Believers this Sunday. And I, after New Believers was over, I, uh, I looked at this man. This was his first day, uh, first night at New Believers. And I asked him, I looked at him, and the Lord instructed me to do this, and I looked at him as we were, the people were leaving. We were coming around. I said, I said, are you okay? This is a grown man. I said, are you okay? Hot tears began to roll down his cheeks. Let me tell you something. We either got something to give people or we don't. We either have the answer or we don't. I said, are you okay? Tears rolling down his face. Puddle up in his eyes. He said, he said, no. He said, man, I'm a drug addict. See, I ain't never been a drug addict. You, and, and somebody says, how, how can you relate to those people? And I hear things people say about them, and I probably said the same thing at one time. But the reason I can relate to a drug addict or whoever is because without Jesus, I'm just as lost. As the drug addict or the prostitute or the whoever, just as lost, just as sinful, just as wicked, just as broken without Jesus. Tears rolling down his face, he said, No, man, I'm a drug addict. And I said, Well, hold on, right there. I said, I got to talk to somebody after I get through talking to them. I said, I want to talk to you. I want you to come to my office. They sat down, I talked to them. And he looked at me. And he said, man, I am a slave to this stuff. I've tried to quit. I've tried to quit. Now I'm taking and spending my heart. We're doing without. My wife and my family's doing without so I can have, so I can manage, function. And he said, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of it. He wasn't just talking. You hear me? Well, if he was tired of it, he'd just quit. What about some of the things you do? Why ain't you just quit yet? No, no, I want to know. Why ain't you just quit some of the things you do? But he was tired. See, there comes a place where you get to a point in all of us where you're tired. You're tired of doing it your way. You're tired. You're just tired. And I knew he'd got there because this was a grown man who was opening up. He had done swallowed his pride now. And I told him, I said, you are in the perfect place. You're in the perfect spot. You're tired. You're done. You're wondering if there's any hope. And there is hope for you. Now, I don't know. I don't know if you're, uh, what your situation is. It could be nothing like that. It doesn't really matter. But today, if, if you have heard the enemy say, and you've even said it yourself, I don't think there's any hope for me. I'm telling you today, there's hope. There's hope, and it's found in Jesus. So I want to open these altars right now. I want you to look at me. Look at me real good. We're not doing the bow your head, close your eyes thing. If you're desperate for the Lord, and you need Jesus today, if you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus today, 
You've got to give your life to Him. Come up here and I'll help you. I'll show you how to get to Him today. It's not hard. Well, I don't know if He'll accept me. I'll tell you, I'm telling you, you're the very reason why He died. You're the very reason why He went to the cross. He's been waiting on you this whole time. If you've you've walked away from the Lord or tried to walk away from the Lord, you can't because he won't won't leave you. But you're tired now. You're ready to come back and say, God, I'm messed up. I've screwed up. You begin to believe there's no hope for you. There's hope in you. And his name is Jesus today. If whatever your situation is, whatever your issue is today, you swallow your pride. I told somebody the other day, I said, listen, we were talking about sanctification. And I said, listen, I said, I said, a lot of people will never be honest enough to walk in victory over sin. Because they'll never admit they've got issue, they've got a problem. And I'm telling you today, you've got to be honest enough to say, I can't do it myself. I can't do it myself. See, before you ever get a revelation of of who Jesus is, you've got to have a revelation of who you are. And without Him, you are nothing. Without Him, you can do nothing. But in Him is everything, all that you need. And all you've got to do is reach out and touch Him today. Step out in faith. Be like the blind beggar and get up. Even though you may not can see your way all the way through it and understand everything, just get up. And if you'll come, step out in faith. God will do the miraculous in your life life. I'm standing right here. I'm not, like I said, we're not going to bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're hungry and desperate for this, if you need Jesus today, would you come? Stand right here. Would you come? Anybody? Anybody? Come. Step out right now. Anybody? We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.